Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here, Brad. What's going on? Not a whole lot, man. Just trying to finish out this last full week before vacay hits. Feeling good about it. You know, NFL's one one day closer every time. Month of August, I'm pretty jam-packed, so hopefully it flies by, gets us right into the NFL. Uh, we can taste it. I mean, the Hall of Fame game is seven days out or something like that, real close. Um, yeah, football's almost here. Teams are at camp. You know, people are starting to get their deals signed. People are starting to get ready, show up or not show up to camp. And uh, today we have one of the funnest divisions in all of football. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited about this division. I'm excited about this time of the year. Like you said, Hall of Fame game would be uh, next Thursday, August 3rd. If you're listening to this Wednesday night, it's eight days. If you're listening to this on the first day of recording, it's one week away. So, yeah, I mean, lots to be excited for. I myself, I'm taking the next couple of days off work. Uh, tomorrow, we're heading up to the Tigers game in Detroit. We're going to watch Atani and Trout play up there. Actually, I think Trout might be out for the game, which kind of sucks. But uh, hoping to see Atani play uh, against the Tigers. And then we're going to have a concert later that night, too. So a couple of, couple of fun things. And then I'll actually see you this weekend, watch some UFC, maybe play some poker. But Heck yeah. Yeah, this division, though, uh, we saved it for last. That was kind of a a that was a that was a decision we both kind of made this was like our favorite nfc division going into the season as far as just like what the storylines were what the predictability is i think there's a really good chance we differ on who wins this division um it, we, we could differ on how the entire thing shakes out i'm excited to talk about it lots of moves being made in this division some for the best some for the worst uh it was kind of like the afc west of the offseason last year but just as far as movement, not necessarily as far as an arms race. Last year, it seemed like the AFC West were just constantly adding pieces. This year, it was like this division just seems to be full of headlines and movement and, and coming and going and uh, very excited about that. I wanted to kick this off, though. Uh, I, I always have a, a random topic to start off with you about, and here's today's. Uh-oh. Mbappe offered a mm-hmm. billion dollars from Saudi. Take it away. Yeah, so, I mean, um, Messi is kind of going into his glory stage. He went to the MLS, and everybody knows how that's kind of working out. Ronaldo's already in the Saudi League, um, and his team is not doing very well. I believe the Saudi League is ranked, like, 56th in the world in terms of league rankings. They're just – they kind of exploded with money. They're starting to impact a lot of different sports. You know, they're starting to impact um, soccer. They've already impacted golf. Who knows if uh, if the NBA expands, do they try and purchase the Las Vegas team? Possibly. You know, there's a lot of things out there. But Erling Holland and Kylian Mbappe are two names thrown around, two best players in the world probably right now. They're the next two, if that's how you want to look at it. But Kylian Mbappe, um, I'll try and go quick. Um, he plays for PSG. PSG kind of fell apart. Messi's leaving. Neymar's probably leaving. Mbappe is going to leave. And uh it's almost like all players in soccer almost have the no trade clause that we view in the NBA or NFL. Um, a team purchases a player, not only paying the team, but they also have to agree on personal terms for a contract with the player. So if a player doesn't want to go somewhere, the team can't get rid of them. Um, the team kind of tied Kylian Mbappe's hands and they said, real Madrid's not giving us enough money. So either a, you play for us this year and then leave for free the following year or B 
if you're not interested in playing with us, we're just going to sell you to the highest bidder. We don't care where you go. We're going to get the most money we can for you. Well, no one's bidding, and they're kind of putting their foot down, making Kylian Mbappe and come through by basically saying, we're not allowing you to go to Real Madrid. We will not take their money. You've been a poor sport through this whole thing. It's, a, it's an ugly battle. So Saudi comes over the top. Now, Messi turned down a deal similar to this, but in MLS, you know, he gets ownership of the club, Apple deal, tickets. Oh, I mean, he's set. So what this billion-dollar deal is, is it's like $331 million is going to PSG. That's what they're getting. That is their purchase. They are offering Mbappe a one-year $776 million contract. That's more than LeBron James' career earnings. That could buy multiple hockey teams. That could purchase the Washington Commander, or not the Washington Commanders, but the, um, I think it was, I don't remember the team, but it's an incredible amount of money. Uh, we often do this where we break it down, where we're like, oh, if we take these athletes and break down their contract, you know, per second, they make a dollar nineteen. You know, killing Mbappe for a year would make twenty four U.S. dollars a second for an entire year. It's like. Just the money's incredible, and uh, his family obviously is pushing for him to agree to it. Um, he's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because, like, his last year was thirty-one million. That's really good money, but um, he wants to play for a competitive league. He doesn't want to waste one of his prime years statistically in the hierarchy of forever soccer in Saudi. But this is a twenty-four-year-old being offered seven hundred and seventy-six million dollars. So. Um, I think he's going to take it. I don't think he won't. But it's either going to be Saudi, PSG, in this nightmare for an entire year. But whether it's Saudi for a year or PSG, he will then play for Real Madrid. Everything is pointing towards. Now, there are rumors that because there is a bidding war and they won't give him to Real Madrid, uh, teams like Chelsea, teams like Manchester United, they are in conversations with PSG over trying to offer money to get Mbappe but everybody's hesitant because they know they have to put in a ton of money to get him, but you're only getting him for one year. He wants to play for Real Madrid. He's made that pretty clear. So it's a really interesting situation, and uh, we may see a guy signed for $776 million. So there's your soccer info for the day. And it's absolutely insane. If you're into just world money and crazy stuff, Sports storylines. I mean, that's about as crazy of a storyline as I could have seen. I think this was yesterday or two days ago when this news broke. It's sometime this week. Yeah. Now Ronaldo, he signed, I believe, a three three year deal, and his was like two hundred and eight million dollars a year or something like that. Like Ronaldo's making, I think, over six hundred million to play for the Saudi Arabian League, but it's over like two or three years. They yeah. want to give Mbappe more and for just one year. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, it's a, it's by far the most anybody will have ever. I think I've seen this. The most anybody's ever earned in a single year was I think Messi with like 115 million in a single season, and this would obviously destroy that record. Sevenfold. <laughs> yeah, I mean Floyd Mayweather's made over 100 million I think in a single year for two fights, and this will kill that too. So, all right, NFL talk. Here's what we hear: NFL, NFC West, NFC North. My apologies, NFC North. Uh, Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings, Green Bay Packers, tons of storylines. I'm ready if you're ready. Yeah, let's hit it. All right. 
So it looks like here, first team up, based off how we do this, is always last place team working back to the first place team. The fourth place team last year was the Chicago Bears. They were the worst team in all football with a 3-14 and 14 record. Okay, They were 0-6 in division, and they also lost their last 10 games. But with becoming the worst team in the league, you get the first overall pick. That's usually what, what you get awarded. And the Bears decided not to keep it, instead trading it. And when they traded it to the Panthers, they got a very good wide receiver, DJ Moore, the ninth overall pick of that same year. So they moved back eight spots. They also got a second rounder. And then next year they have their first and their second. So really it's a great haul for the Bears, a team that when you get the first overall pick, 99% of the time it's either a left tackle, an edge rusher, or a quarterback these days. And most of the time it's a quarterback. They feel pretty good about theirs. This was their indication. We want to just build around him. They're sticking with fields. They went out and got DJ Moore in this trade, which they were really adamant about, I guess, when they were trying to acquire this pick. They were like, you can have it if we can include DJ Moore. So with that said, here are your ads. DJ Moore. Quarterback, PJ Walker. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds from the Bills. That's a huge get. That's probably their biggest money signing of the offseason. Linebacker TJ Edwards comes over from the Eagles. Uh, running back Travis Homer, uh, Demarcus Walker, edge washer. He comes over for three years. Uh, Robert Tanya, the tight end, comes over from Green Bay. And then uh, on the offensive line, the first round, they picked Darnell Wright. Too. The one thing that this team really did in the offseason was revamp the edge, the edge, the, your defensive line, and then your offensive line. The drops, not many. A couple of wide receivers that really just haven't got their career off. Uh, I think it's Byron Pringle. So it's Pringle and then Nikhil Harry. Offensive tackle Riley Leaf leaves off. And then running back David Montgomery. That's probably their biggest loss. <clears throat> he was their leading rusher last year. So with that said, take it away. Yeah, so I know you said they ended their season on a 10-game losing streak. Um, they're actually 1-13 in, in their last 14. Outside of it, and I know this kind of pokes at you a little bit, but outside of a wild Monday night, with, with, it was just like, Nobody – that was a game where – I mean, a lot of you guys who listen may listen to Pat McAfee. Boston Connor was going over the top about how the Patriots are going to slaughter the Bears. Um, crazy game. But um, I know we talk about their biggest loss being David Montgomery. In nine different games, Justin Fields led the team in rushing. So they do get their rushing via their quarterback. I know some people poke fun and say that's all he can do. But I would say that this team did not – they were not equipped. It was a huge transition year. Uh, Jeff brought up that TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds are coming over as middle linebackers. That's 261 tackles last year. It's, it's, those are massive pickups. TJ Edwards had 159 for the Eagles. Edmonds had 102 for the Bills. Eagles and Bills, yeah, these two guys know how to win. They know what it takes. Also, they drafted Panea Sewell's younger brother, Noah Sewell, from Oregon, mm -hmm. who was a pretty good linebacker. Um, so when you look at what they've added there, good to go. They added Deontay Foreman, who's a good short, uh, short yardage back. Khalil Herbert, who led the team in rushing in two different games last year. And Roshan Johnson, who's a quiet pickup out of Texas in the draft because he was behind Bijan. But this is a guy who fits the mold of running back, and he's fresh. You know, he didn't take all the carries in college. Um, wide receiver, or uh, excuse me, lineman. They draft Darnell Wright. They sign Nate Davis. Tevin Jenkins is still there. The offensive line is going to be good. They just signed Cole Clement to a big deal today, actually. Yep, 
That was today. Robert Tony, this offense, man, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, DJ Moore, Equinemius St. Brown, that's four guys who all have played in the league. Um, I just think that this offense is going, and defense, are both going to be much improved. Now, I know you're saying, well, what does that mean, Brad? This team could be three times as good as they were and go nine and eight. I'm not saying this team could potentially be a world beater, but this is a team who gets a fourth place schedule and an absolutely wide open division that none of these teams are considered powerhouses. Actually, we'll get to it in a little bit, but this is one of three divisions where there is no favorite on the money line to win the division. And the Bears, I'll release this, have the long shot odds at plus 400 that tells you right there Vegas has no idea what to do with this division so I just think that Justin Fields in my opinion not a shabby backup at all and PJ Walker I feel like he's a guy who's kind of been ripped of a starting spot somewhere with the way he's performed in the XFL and then in the NFL so the Bears are a team that I think me and you like a lot. The problem is I don't see much acquisition on the back end of their defense. They drafted a corner, but they were 31st in the league against the pass last year. Maybe their two middle linebackers help that over the middle, and maybe they get more pressure. Um, they were 18th, or I'm sorry, they were 18th against the pass, but they were 31st against the rush, excuse me. So I'm sorry about that. 18th against the pass, so middle of the road. You know what? Let me change my tune here. We could live with that. 31st against the rush. They've absolutely, they've absolutely, I read my notes wrong there. Change my tune. They absolutely hit on what they needed to hit on. All the middle linebackers through the draft and acquisitions, they signed three veteran D tackles to put on the line. I think they needed to clear out some of the vets that didn't want to be there. So these, these departures that they've had, you know, the edge rusher, Roquan Smith, um, Floyd, I think his name was, the edge guy. Um, they've gotten rid of some guys that aren't bought in, and they had a transition year, and I don't know. I, I know that the media really hypes Justin Fields. I don't think I'm there. But a lot of people I talk to at, you know, when I'm watching sports or I'm at the bar just think Justin Fields is so bad, and I just don't understand that. I'm somewhere in the middle. He's, I think he's a good quarterback. I know the record's 5-20. and 20. But if you watch uh, NFL Top 100, which is voted by the peers, two is 82 and Fields is 86. That means the NFL is saying offenses look different, but what's the difference? And I know a lot of you guys talk good about two of me included. So the guys in the NFL are saying Justin Fields is a guy, and I know maybe they appreciate athleticism over your traditional quarterback. But that's kind of in part what today's NFL quarterback is becoming. And I've seen Justin Fields hit a ton of beautiful deep balls at Ohio State. And now with DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney getting some more space, tight ends that he likes, the running ability that might not be his first option, but is a dangerous one. Watch out for the Chicago Bears. This is a team that is stocks are up on the Chicago Bears. For what it's worth, he was also voted ahead of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that's that is wild, but he was. It's true. He Trevor was. Lawrence is like ninety one. Yeah, a lot of people beat up on the Bears when Roquan Smith asked for a trade because they wouldn't pay him. And it's like your best player and you won't tra- you won't pay him? Well, really, for the, the price that they were going to pay him, they ended up trading him, got a draft capital, and then they went out and got a bunch of linebackers in free agency and paid him with the cap space they had. It, it Really, the Bears won this, whole the whole Roquan Smith saga. I, I mean, the Bears, it is very arguable that they had the absolute best offseason they could have possibly had. I don't think you could say 
I don't think you could tweak their offseason and be like, well, I would have done this. They got, I don't know that he's a true number one, but he's a very good wide receiver. Draft capital, in which they took, they still had a first round pick. They drafted an offensive lineman out of Tennessee. They got a solid backup quarterback, as you alluded to. They got starters on the defense. They got players on the offense. They feel pretty good about the wide receivers they already had. They already traded for Claypool halfway through last season. His situation is going to be a little uh, interesting to watch coming up. But ultimately, I think there's a lot to like about the Bears. I think there really is. This is a team that the reason I'm trying to praise them to you guys, because if you're a longtime Real Talk listener, I've never said anything remotely nice. And last year, completely shit on them. And I, I don't know if I picked them to be the worst team, but they were one of my two or three worst teams I had projected. So I need yeah. to give them their flowers. And I've also noted that the first ever future in betting that I've ever hit on the NFL, and granted you had to drive up to Michigan to place bets last year, so I didn't do many. But the Chicago Bears allowed the number one most amount of points in the NFL last year. Nobody was scored on more than the Chicago Bears. I think that's going to change. Eddie Jackson, a veteran safety. Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State was a stud, star defensive player for them. But I just don't think we can talk enough about the addition of TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds in the middle of that defense. Those are two guys who by themselves can own the middle of a field. I'm very excited to watch that combo go to work. And, um, yeah, three veterans and a rookie that they drafted on the defensive line. Two potential number one tight ends. I mean, Robert Tunyon got hurt. He comes back as the number two. The, the amount of formations and different things they can do. I'm excited for the Bears. Now, again, that they could triple their win total and just be nine and eight. So, But this team is totally different than they were last year. Justin Fields comes in healthy after getting the crap beat out of them. I, I don't know. I, I, like you said, I like this Bears team. Yeah. I don't have a ton more to add. I'm uh, I'm ready to talk some schedule if you are. Yeah, we can get right into it. Um, we'll start with their first game. They are at, uh, this is going to be one we talk about a couple times here, but week one, they host the Green Bay Packers in Jordan Love. Excited to talk about the Packers here in a second. Mm-hmm. But Bears at home, completely revamped team in the best possible of ways. Spoiler, Packers are rebuilt. Maybe not in the best possible way. I like Bears at home. I'm, I'm going to give this one to the Packers. Um, Next week is at Tampa week two. Yeah, Tampa's going to be interesting because, I mean, we've talked about them already. We were already in a breakdown. I don't remember who I selected this game, but Bears are improved. I like the Bears here. Yeah, I've kind of uh, shifted my tune. I've just been listening more, reading more on all teams in the NFL, trying to get as much in my head as I can before the season. At Tampa, I don't think it's a good spot. I think the Bears could start 2-0. and I'm going to have them starting 0-2. Week three, they're at the Kansas City Chiefs. Back-to-back road game. Yeah, it's a pretty easy loss to chalk up to Kansas City here. It's going to be hard to – I'm excited to talk about Kansas City, but I still take them as a, a win here. Okay, so you have them at 2-1? and one. Yeah. I have them at 0-3. Oh so, for me, it's like the wheels could start to fall off. But then they host Denver. 
Interesting spot for me. It's a must win already early in the season at 0-3. I like them to beat Denver in Chicago. No, I, uh, I'm i taking the Broncos here. Excited to talk about the Broncos. Haven't That's probably the one team that I have a lot. There's a lot of teams I have question marks on, but this it's a massive question mark for the Broncos for me because it could be really good or really bad again. Week five is a short week. Thursday night, they're at the Commanders. The Commanders have a dominant D-line, but the one thing that can negate that is a quarterback that runs 4-3. Um, I think they give them problems. Sam Howell, I think, has problems this year. I like the Bears to win two straight. Also like the Bears here, three and two. Then they have a long week, and then they host the Minnesota Vikings. Bears at home, I like them to win here. Feeling good about themselves. Three straight wins. Then one week later, Sunday, 1 o'clock, they host the Raiders. I'm going to give them a fourth straight win, and they're now 4-3 and three for me. Yeah, Bears are loving the early home games here. Uh, not sure what to think of the Raiders. I am excited to talk about them as well, all the AFC teams I feel like I am. Um, man, it's a tough, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough call here. This is a total coin flip game. I feel like I'll like the Raiders in this spot, so I'm going to take the Raiders. Okay. They then have back-to-back away spot or uh, road trip again at Chargers at Saints. Two very tough games. Two very tough loss, games. Loss here. Yeah, I think I am as well. Yeah, I have now at four and five. Thursday they host. It's a Thursday night game. They host the Panthers. I'm going to give them a win. I feel the win as well. They're going to they're gonna look at the Panthers, realize they traded with them. DJ Moore is going to have himself a day. I like the Bears. Another back-to-back road spot. They then go to the Lions and then to the Vikings. The Vikings is Monday night, 8-15, though. But two, two divisional games on the road back-to-back. Detroit, Minnesota. Loss, loss for me. This is a this is a, game, a spot where they feel this season can completely turn with at least one win. I have them going one and one. Okay. They then get the late week 13 bye week. And I will Great. say this. Their last five games are all winnable. They come out of the bye week and host Detroit. So I have them winning one of the two between Detroit and Minnesota. I didn't specify who, but that should be important because I think they're going to split with Detroit this year. I'm going to I'm going to give them a loss to Detroit because I'm going to Sunday December tenth in Chicago, a dome a dome team going to Chicago off the bye could be some yeah, cold but, weather. Yeah, but here's the thing: ultimately, I'm giving them a split with Chicago and Minnesota, so I'm okay with the loss. I'm going to give them a win here against Minnesota. Um, so week 14, home against Detroit, cold weather. I like Detroit. I'm going to give them a loss. Uh, then they go week 17 or week 15, excuse me, December 17th. They host the Lions, then they go to the Cleveland Browns. 
This team again, yeah. remember, we know we've, they've made strides, but they were 31st in rush last rush defense last year. Now they play Nick Chubb. Yeah, I I, I don't know what to think of the Browns, man. Um, I'm not ready to bury them like everybody else. I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl. Browns are a tough place to play. This feels like a loss. Yeah, I got it as a loss too. Um, the edge rushers for the Browns are scary. Um, then they have back-to-back home games, December 24th and 31st, Cardinals-Falcons. Beating the Cardinals. I agree. They're in such a playoff push. I'm going to give them the win against the Falcons, though that's At a close home. game. Dome Atlanta team up in Chicago, December 31st. I'm going to take the the more running quarterback running team there in the Bears. Then they finish the year January 7th at Green Bay up in Lambeau. They play Green Bay week one. They play Green Bay week 18. They're, they're beating Green Bay again. I like Damn. them to split with Green Bay, even though it's road road. I'll have them splitting. Nine and eight. I have them at eight and nine. That triples their win total, like you said. And the thing is, I'm excited to talk about this division. That puts them right in line with where they could be to contend for this division. I have them at eight and nine. You have them at nine and eight. What do you think their win total is on the prediction for the season? I feel pretty good about this. I'm going to go six and a half. It is seven and a half. I almost said seven and a half, but six and a half felt better. Okay. Yeah, I I think that's right in line. So you have them at nine. I have them at eight. Technically, that's both of us taking the over on the Chicago Bears. Yeah. By the way, I did want to mention, as much as I harped quite a bit that they were 31st in rush defense on offense last year the bears ranked 32nd in pass offense and first in rush offense they were actually the only team to have over 3,000 rushing yards as a team with 3,014 so clearly they need to get a better balance there this team could only run the ball but a guy like dj moore can change that in a hurry Third place team Packers, you ready? I am ready. So the Green Bay Packers last year went eight and nine, three and three in division. Week 18 was basically a playoff game for them. It was a win and you're in, and they lose at home to the Lions. Makes them miss the playoffs. In the offseason, they extended Jordan Love. The reason for that we will talk about in a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the losses first because this is a very interesting team. They lose a ton of production, talent, longtime Packers, lots of things here. Uh, tight end Mercedes Lewis, kicker Mason Crosby, the longtime kicker for them. Tight end Robert Tanya to the Bears. We just talked about him. Wide receiver Randall Cobb, mostly a Packer, been around the league a little bit. Wide receiver Alan Lazard, Aaron Rodgers' favorite target these last year and a half since he lost um, Devontae Adams. And then, of course, the biggest loss, their quarterback, their franchise quarterback, Super Bowl winner, multiple-time MVP, uh, back-to-back very recently, Aaron Rodgers. 
The reason I gave you the losses first is I just don't know that there's a ton of notable ads. I have listed here a bunch of guys, and I'm not trying to insult the intelligence of the podcasters, but I truly believe if I don't know a ton of these people, that I just assume a lot of people aren't going to know a lot of these people. There's a ton of guys on one-year deals. Low long-term deals really signed. The one they did is safety, Jonathan Owens. Their draft class, though, had 13 picks. Eight of them came in fifth round or later. Not a ton of of quality guys that you're going to know based off watching mock drafts and, and top-tier college football. Um, Brad, if you want to elaborate on any ads or losses there, I wasn't trying to be rude to the Packers, but there's just nothing that stood out. Yeah, so they have their uh, two corners, Jair Alexander and Rasul Douglas, but they did add a veteran, Charvarius Moore. Uh, that's really the only guy I think people might know. But in terms of the key additions, um, they added defensive end Lucas Van Ness from Iowa in the draft. Um, Robert Tunyon was hurt. Mercedes, Mercedes Lewis is like 49, I think, years old. So they, they draft Luke Musgrave. And as you can remember, there was like seven tight ends that were like good enough to go in the first three rounds. They lose Alan Lazar, but they draft Jaden Reed, I believe out of Michigan State, I think State. is where he, yeah, where he came from. And they still have Christian Wilkins. Um, they lose some DNs. They draft Colby Wooden. Um, you know, they lost Aaron Rodgers, but as you all know, they've had Jordan Love on the roster for four years and they traded up in the first round to get him. Say what you want about agreeing with that decision, but they had a guy in place. So it seems like even though the names aren't names that you would maybe know, every area that they lost somebody, they tried to replace at that position. Um, We talk about the fact that Adrian Amos, their safety, left. But Jonathan Owens, like you said, they brought in, and they still have Darnell Savage. So they still have a lot of the same pieces that they had. It's just going to be a new-look team. Um, We're finally going to see maybe Matt LaFleur run his own offense. You know, we know what Sean McVay has been able to do and Kyle Shanahan. Well, now it's Matt LaFleur. He studied under the same – he was with the same guys, and now he doesn't have a quarterback who's changing plays or throwing balls out of bounds. And, be, you know, we know that relationship was very rocky with the whole organization. So you could say they lose a quarterback, but, I mean, last year on offense, they were uh, 19th in the passing game and 15th in the running game. So, I mean, you're telling me if Jordan Love is middle of the road, this offense stays at what it was. So, it's like Aaron Rodgers last year wasn't the guy he was the previous two years, and he may be that on the Jets. He may be better. But last year, there was just this whole kind of temper tantrum feeling about the entire season. So, as much as Packers fans may be like, man, Aaron Rodgers is gone, but like, hey, let's go. You know, it's a fresh slate, and this team can maybe go. Um I'm excited to see what the Green Bay Packers could do. Uh, Dan Orlovsky had a quote, and he said, if Jordan Love is average, this team will be fighting for the playoffs. And if he plays like a first-round pick should, they're a playoff team. Their defense was sixth against the pass, or past 26th against the run. So I don't know really what they did to help their run defense, except hope their players play better. But um, it's tough to pass on this team, and we know that's what the Vikings and Lions try to do well. So they're kind of built to stop the – some of the teams in their division, 
But in the NFC being so wide open, again, all four of these teams are in playoff contention. And when you talk about Romeo Dobbs, who came on late last year, Jaden Reed, the draft pick, Christian Watson, who exploded towards the end of the year, um, Luke Musgrave, it's just a young offense. It's just a really, really young offense with a veteran defense. Um, I think this team is built a lot like the Steelers in terms of, you you, you know, you got to hope that the young quarterback can become something. The one thing we haven't talked about, though, is they still have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And Aaron Jones is a receiver and a running back. Dillon is a short yard back. You know, the easiest thing for a quarterback to do is turn around and give it to that guy in the gut. So I think this team's offense has some some really interesting things. Um, their offensive line is fully healthy. John Runyon, El, uh, Elton Jenkins, David Bakhtiari. Like, this team has a good old line. They have guys who can produce some young guys and a quarterback who I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with anything you really said. Uh, this team is going to be obviously a very good run team. I think that's straight from the get. That's going to be the identity of the team. Would you agree? They're going to yes. run the football. Okay. The second thing is massive question mark at quarterback only because and I'm going to kind of steal from Colin Cowherd a little bit. You know, we, we heard about P- Patrick Mahomes before he even hit the field. Like, there was just like, we can't wait till this kid's out there. There's highlight films of practice. All these, like, young and up-and-coming quarterbacks kind of, like, have this aura about them. Jordan Love's never had that. And maybe that's because he was sitting behind not only a Hall of Fame-level quarterback, a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, but while he's been on the roster, Aaron Rodgers not won, not one, but two MVPs in a row. So, of course, it's hard to get some traction. Just like Jimmy G was hard to get traction behind Brady. It's like this dude's still winning Super Bowls while you're on the roster. It's going to be hard for you to get your shadow. But at the same time, it's like I feel like there would be something. We've seen him in short t- short periods through injuries and preseason, and he hasn't necessarily been a world beater. I mean – I've I've brought this up a few times as far as like knowing if you have the guy. Justin Herbert found out that he was going to start against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs uh, about 30 seconds before kickoff and was an absolute beast. So it's just like, what are you getting here? We're not really sure about Jordan Love. He is on the smaller side. I think there's some things to like, but at the same time, this Packer team just feels they feel very below average. That's just how they feel. Um, I'm interested to go through their schedule, how I actually view them, and I'm I'm honestly wondering what their over-under is. You told me, you kind of spoiled this, that you said that the Bears was the lowest as far as betting odds, and that feels wild to me because I don't think this team's as good as the Bears. I See, I just – I think with the camaraderie, with the weapons, with the defense, um, you know, Jordan Love played in one real game. Um, or He, he – Small sample size, but last season he threw 21 passes, completed 14 of them, 82 or 113 QBR, one touchdown, no picks. It's a very small sample size. It's enough for it to just be one game. Um, there's just too much unknown to, uh, but again, with there being unknown, I don't really like to be a fence sitter. I'm going to come out and be wrong or right. I think Jordan yeah. Love's going to be good. I think he's going to be average to good. I don't think he's going to be a world beater, but I think this is a guy who can throw twice as many touchdowns as he does interceptions. 24 touchdowns, 12 picks. I was going to go. I was going to go. 
25-10 is about where I was going to go. Um, I think they're going to run so much that I don't think he's going to have an, I mean, I don't think he's going to have to throw too many picks. Um, we can just get to the schedule here. I think we're going to beat a dead horse if we keep talking about this team. Let's, let's get into it. Um, week one at Chicago, I gave that as a win in the previous breakdown. And a loss for me. Then they go straight on a back-to-back rotor. They go down to Atlanta to play Desmond Ritter and the Atlanta Falcons. I was high in Atlanta. I actually have them starting pretty hot in the season. I'm going to stick with that. I like Atlanta. I'm giving the Packers 0-2 start. Back-to-back road spot, I'll give them a loss. They then come home, and they host the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I remember predicting this game. I don't remember who I picked. But this is an interesting spot for the Packers who, like you just said, this is their home opener. They're going to embrace Jordan Love because that's kind of what they're going to be forced to do at this point. Saints are in a tough spot, even though at this point they're going to know what their offense is. I also think this is a game where that that tremendous, I think, secondary of the, Detroit, of the Green Bay Packers who were sixth last year in passing – with the crowd rowdy behind Love, the home opener, I think this is a spot where maybe Derek Carr has a little bit of a setback. If he has a good first two games, yeah. this could be a multi-pick game. This could be an offensive struggle. This could be a, this is going to be a low-scoring game here Sunday at one o'clock, I think. But I think the running game and the defense of the Packers edges this out. I like them to win their second game. Zero oh, and three. Okay. They then have a short week. Thursday, they host the Detroit Lions on Thursday night football. They're 0-3. They're hosting the Lions, but it's earlier in the year. This is their first divisional game that that they have. Obviously, they lost the Bears. They need this one now. I'm going to give them the win here. Sour taste in their mouth also after uh, losing the last game of the season to get into the playoffs to the Lions. Um, that too. I, I know that Aaron Rodgers isn't the quarterback, but there's a lot of players on this team, especially the defense, who want to uh, make their presence felt. I think they're 3-1. and one. And then from Thursday night, they go to Monday night. So long week at the Las Vegas Raiders. And also, just a little small nugget, the Packers have five primetime games, but they also play on Thanksgiving. So six in in the way you view primetime games. They have six games where they're the only game on. So um, we're going to see a lot of the Packers this year. They're going to be on full display. This is a Thursday nighter at Vegas. No, no, it was Thursday hosting Lions. Then it's Monday at Las Vegas. Long They get a, like a, what is that, 13-day yeah. 11 days. It's hard to travel on the road in this league. It's, it's hard to go to places that are entertaining and fun. Packers are a young team. Don't have the experience. They drop it to the Raiders here. I did not think I would have them at four and one, but um, after the four and one start, they have a, I think unfortunate, but they have a week six bye real early in the year here. They come out of the bye and then go to Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, and the Denver Broncos. I think they lose out of the bye. Yeah, the bye helps. 
Um, altitude sucks. Um, I have them losing. Have them losing. They then host the Minnesota Vikings. I like them to win here. Man, hosting the Vikings, they're going to need this game. But at the same time, they're one and five. Vikings offense is very good. I like the Vikings here, one and one and six. This is a bad spot for the Packers. Then they host the Rams. You guys know I'm not big on the Rams. Um, I like the Packers to win here too. Yeah, I do like the Packers in this game, hosting them. Um, I again, I I think I picked the Rams in this game with Stafford going back to Lambeau. Had some success there. I I go back and forth on the Rams. They're honest to God, they're one of the hardest teams to predict. No, I'm going to stick with what I predicted. I gave it to the Rams. I'm going to give it to the Rams. One so and seven. I have them at six and two. What do you have them at? One and seven. Okay. So I think it gets, I think it gets pretty ugly here. They got a four game stretch here. Sunday at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that's a loss. I agree. Then they host the Los Angeles Chargers. I think that's a lot. This is a sneaky upset game. This is a sneaky upset game. The Packers can't have zero wins. I'm going to give them a win here. Whether it's against the Chargers or not, I just feel they'd have two wins already. Then it's Thanksgiving at Detroit. I have it as a loss. Yeah. um, I had them beating Detroit. There's no way they're sweeping Detroit. Detroit is going to be a very good team. Excited to talk about them here in a second uh, at home in this spot. This feels like Detroit all day. Also, this is one of three straight primetime games. So they have Thanksgiving at Detroit. Then they get a long week, but they play Sunday night and they host the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, this is this is Jordan Love's only start like a year ago or something like that. But um, I have it as a fourth straight loss here hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Call me crazy. This is a sneaky upset game, especially if they don't get a deal done with Chris Jones. Not sure what to make of Kansas City's wide receivers. So if it literally becomes a ball control game, they could win this. But Chiefs feel like the bet here. I do think there is a play for the um, for the Packers to upset them this game. Yeah, it feels but, um, what because at this point it's what deep November. It's December third. It, totally on the table. Yeah, it, it is, is on the table. Um, and a long week after Thanksgiving. Um, I'm just taking Patrick Mahomes over Jordan Love straight up in this game. I'm just Same. taking head coach quarterback. That's what I'm doing here. Then they have Monday night, December eleventh, at the New York Giants. That feels like a win. I think that's where they bounce back and get a win. Now they finished the last four. What do you have them at? What fucking three and something? Three and ten. Okay, so there's 13 games. I have them at seven and six. These last four games are insane. Like they could really make a playoff push here. Sunday, December 17th, they host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa's hard to run on, but honestly, at this point, I don't even know what to think of Tampa. They could have sold the, the team off. This is a this is a Packers win. I think I think Tampa's fine, but with the middle linebackers and the secondary of Green Bay against whoever the quarterback is on Tampa's roster, that's turnover invitations in Lambeau that late in the year. 
But now it's December 24th and 31st, back-to-back road spot, getting them out of Lambeau. They go to Carolina and play the Panthers at 1 o'clock. I like yeah, Green I think, Bay against a rookie yeah. quarterback. I, like I know he might not be a rookie 15 games in, but December 31st, Sunday night football at the Minnesota Vikings. Viking. I gave them a win the first time. I'm giving the Vikings a win this time. Vikings sweep them. And then I have Sunday, January 7th, they host the Chicago Bears. Bears are probably maybe fighting for a playoff spot here or just trying to keep Packers out in mind. I like the Packers to win at home versus the Bears. Yeah, I have them uh, going 5-12. and 12. I have them losing that last game. Okay, you know, so- the, the crazy thing is, is like, if you would have asked me before we even did that, I had them at five or six wins, which is weird because you told me they're actually higher than Vegas, which I'm obviously on the under on this team. I just, the three teams in the division are better. I have them winning one of their divisional games, and that's against Detroit in an early, kind of in a must-win situation. I don't love, I don't love how a lot of their games are just, they feel like they're, they feel like I have to make an argument for them to win rather than just being better. Yeah, um, most of our breakdowns, our win losses have been within two or three, if not the same win total. Um, and crazy enough, we have the wins separated by five. I have the Green Bay Packers at ten and seven. I, if you'd asked me before the pod, I would have said seven and ten or eight and nine. I, when I saw the Bears at eight and nine, I was like, these guys are gonna have the same record. I just think I know quarterback play changes. But compared to how Rodgers played just last year, the commotion between the offense and def- like the offensive coordinator, head coach, and him, I just think this team's going to run a lot smoother week to week. I think their running backs are good. Their wide receivers are young but promising. First-round quarterback, let's see. But that defense, I know I've always valued Green Bay's defense a little bit higher than you have. Even Jair Alexander, I think he's overrated being like a 95 on Madden. But uh, I've always thought that he was really good, and um, yeah, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go ten and seven. Um, their odds to win the division, by the way, I said the Bears are plus four hundred, the Packers were plus three forty, so uh, not a ton better, but again, still better. Um, what do you think this over under is for the Packers? Based off of the, the odds, I'm gonna guess it's eight and a half. It's actually the same as the Bears, seven and a half. Okay. I wanted to guess that, but it didn't feel right based off the betting. But yeah, that feels right. Seven and a half. I feel like I'm on the low side, obviously. Um, I feel like that means I have to bet the Packers over if I got them two whole wins over their win total. Like the way I view this team, I think they could have a losing record at eight and nine and still hit their over. I think that's very doable for the Packers. They only have... They only have two back-to-back road spots, and it's right at the start of the year and all the way at the end. So they get a lot of home games mixed in. Yeah, I'm not even trying to trying to jump on the fence that Jordan loves an absolute bomb. I just don't think this team has the pieces to basically beat a lot of teams in the National Football League. They have to have a lot of things go right. All right. 
Well, Green Bay Packers fans, I'm sure you didn't like what Jeff had to say. You're maybe hopeful on what I had to say, and you're probably right there in the middle somewhere. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's interesting. Um, five and twelve for the Packers. You know, some teams got to be bad. You got the Packers being bad. Some teams got to got to be bad. Yeah. Detroit Lions. The Detroit Football Lions. Where do you think this team ranks for all of our division breakdowns as far as our our hype coming in on this team? As far as like just how many times have we talked about us being excited to talk about the Lions? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, they're top three. Yeah, Detroit, I mean, from getting the new coach, Matt Campbell, to being better than they were supposed to be last year, to being in the shootouts and scoring games, to being on HBO Hard Knocks, to being – 45 minutes north of where we live and we know a lot of Lions fans in the weaker NFC where there's tons of room for people teams to make runs the amount of acquisitions departures trades pickups that this team's done I mean just got to be excited to talk about the Lions and it's exciting to talk about a team that way that you haven't in a long time like you know it's just uh it's exciting to see see new teams do well and they just got a, their quarterback, their head coach. It's just guys you kind of like, who roots against those guys? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, they're a fun team. Yeah, the, the thing is, is like, I grew up in Michigan, and I root for all the Detroit teams except for the Lions because I'm a Patriot fan. And it's been one of those things in my life where it's like, there have been times where I kind of like, oh, I wish I was a Lions fan in a way because like I just would obviously represent all of Detroit. But at the same token, like, I'm okay that I'm not, and I've never really had any sort of real attachment to them, not even as, like, a quote-unquote second team as a lot of people have. Um, I'd argue I was closer to the Buccaneers the last three years than my entire life I've ever been to the Lions at all. So it's just, like, I just don't have that love. So I think a lot of my comments about them in the sense of, like, me not believing in them or thinking they're like this Super Bowl contender can come off as some hate. But truthfully, and I mean this when I say this, if Detroit were in a position to win the Super Bowl, I would be a fanboy. Because, like, I love the city of Detroit. I grew up in Michigan. I relate with a lot of that. Um, and I just know what it would mean to that city. They like, they love their Lions. They truly are a great fan base. They've been harbored by a horrendous owner for years and years and years. So let's take it away. Detroit Lions, record of nine and eight last year, five and one in the division, and they won two of their last two games to end the season on a two-game win streak. What be, would be considered uh, essentially a big moment in their season, the last week of the year, they went in with a playoff chance. Unfortunately, earlier in the day, the Seahawks won their game and locked themselves into the playoffs, which allowed Green Bay to win and get in, but Detroit was out. Green Bay won, got in. Or I'm sorry, Green Bay lost to the Lions. It was kind of like the Lions' like last-ditch effort like to end their season on a high note, and it eliminated Green Bay. They come in the season with a ton of hype, a ton of hype by both Lions fans and outsiders. Uh, the one cliff note I want to put in here before I get to the ads, wide receiver Jamison Williams, after coming into the NFL with an ACL injury, 
doesn't play a lot last year. He's not going to play a lot this year either. I have him down for an eight-game suspension. Is this correct? Do you have Six. Six-game suspension for gambling at the team facility. He did not bet on NFL football games. It sounds like he probably bet on college football games or some other sport, but unfortunately it was at team facilities. That's an argument for another day. Ads. Cornerback, Cam Sutton. Safety. In my opinion, this is their biggest splash to free agency. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Uh, he seemed to be a difference maker on that Philadelphia defense. I believe he will be on this one. There was a brief scare earlier this week. Turns out, sounds like it's nothing. I wanted to point that out for anybody that's like, ah, he's out. He's. It doesn't sound like he is. Running back David Montgomery comes over from the Bears. Another corner, Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, former Lion wide receiver Marvin Jones Jr. And in the draft, their first four picks were all notable names. They had two firsts and two seconds. They got – do you have the draft picks in front of you? Yeah, I got them. I just don't want to uh, butcher the names. It's like yeah, Burns, Laporta. Go I ahead, got it. Uh, running back, Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. Linebacker, Jack Campbell. Tight end, Sam Laporta. And safety, Brian Branch. Notable just on the outside, they did pick up quarterback Hendon Hooker later in that draft from Tennessee. He is coming off an ACL injury, which is almost perfect to be a backup. Learn your first year, no expectations. Um, a lot nice of people think contender. he was up until the last moment, and a lot of people think that he could potentially replace Jared Goff if they don't ever get a deal done. As far as losses go, wide receiver DJ Chark, running back Jamal Williams, running back DeAndre Swift, so they lose basically the bulk of their backfield. Uh, safety Deshaun Elliott, corner Mike Hayes, corner Jeff Akuda. So before I hand it over to you, Brad, I remember last year we were talking about the Steelers. I believe it was the Steelers. Prior to the season, we're doing a breakdown. And you're like, here are their losses. But I personally believe all of their ads were upgrades. This feels very similar. The people they were able to add, Cam Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley, are better than Hughes and Akuda. They upgraded at corner. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is a massive upgrade over Deshaun Elliott. I could argue, though time will tell, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs will be an upgrade at running back. Time will tell, though, because that's not necessarily proven. And if you're getting just Marvin Jones Jr. in replacing DJ Chark, I think you're all right. This feels like a massively upgraded roster, a team that won nine games. There's a lot to like. Yeah, um, the only position, like you already pointed out, that might not be an upgrade is running back. But I would definitely stand on the side that it absolutely could have been. Like, it, well, it time, it's an even. You know, what they lost, they got back. But I would argue not only did they cover some of their losses, they really attacked places where they – I mean, we didn't even talk about a loss technically, but they traded TJ Hawkinson midseason. They draft Sam Laporta, you know, who won the best tight end in college football. He won that award. Um, their addition of Cam Sutton from the Steelers. He was probably the Steelers' best corner last year. The addition of Emmanuel Mosley from the 49ers. Potentially him and Charverius Ward, but one of their best corners last year. Um, they needed a middle linebacker. They get the only guy who seemed like a real guy in Jack Campbell from Iowa. Jameer Gibbs can kind of play everywhere and has that fifth-gear speed. 
you know, they lose a guard center in Evan Brown, but they acquire Graham Glasgow from the from the Broncos, who can play in that spot. I mean, you talk about the Detroit Lions offensive line, it's going to be top five. Taylor Decker, Frank Ragnall, Graham Glasgow, Panea Sewell. I mean, this offense, what's not to love? And then you look at their defense. Their defense is where it just went wrong. They were seventh in passing offense, 11th in rushing offense, and they scored the third most amount of touchdowns. But they were 30th against the pass and 29th against the rush. They couldn't stop anybody. They were getting sacks, but you add Jack Campbell in the middle of the defense, you draft a D-tackle late in the draft, and you acquire one in free agency. But the secondary, you can afford to pack the box way more when you have Cam Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley, Kirby Joseph, CGJ, Brian Branch. Like those that's a revamped secondary that are all good players. And I know Brian Branch is a rookie, but we know what DBs do when they come out of Bama. Minka Fitzpatrick, Patrick Sertan, like Xavier McKinney. You know, you can list Haha Glendix. You can just go down the list and list those guys. So it, it's just it's a very exciting time for a Detroit Lions team that was that did much better last year. And now they seem to be ramping it up. Amon Ross St. Brown has really extended himself as a number one. Marvin Jones is a guy. Josh Reynolds can play. Denzel Mims was a high third-round pick a year or two ago for the Jets. No receivers really flourished outside of Garrett Wilson with those quarterbacks. He comes over. Jamison Williams will be back after six games. They're running backs. I just love this team. I love the Lions. I can't. I, I love their coach. You know, this is a team that always is willing to die out there for their coach, which, you know, it's a different style than mostly. I mean, he's a traditional guy who lets his coordinators coordinate. He's a player motivator and a personnel guy. I just love what they're doing. Uh, good O line, good quarterback. I mean, Jared Goff. I have last year. Last year, he only twice did he throw for under 200 yards. I mean, it's just. Last 10 games, Amon Ra led their team in receiving in seven of the 10. Um, I just, I love everything about the Lions. I think they're only trending up. What a big boost to beat the Packers at the end of last year. And the only thing different is this year they're going in with the hype. There's a lot of people saying what the Lions should be and what they are. And that's a different place than being just the underdog or no expectations. But I think most people would say it's a better place to be. Um, there's a stat. I don't think I'm going to be able to find it right away, but it is staggering at how good the Lions were in it. And unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to find it. What did they have to deal with? Third down. Um, the only two teams that were better. I'm not going to find it. I don't want to take all the airtime. Basically, uh, the stat, I believe, I don't want to misspeak, but I was believe the amount of times you were on the field without a third down or at least three. No, it's at least three and outs. It was at least three and outs in the league. That's what it was. Number one was either Kansas City or Philadelphia. Number two was the other one. And then number three was Detroit. So literally the two Super Bowls, and then it was the Lions. I have another stat too. Um, I only I know exactly the number of the Lions, but it's a number of drives that did not end in a touchdown or field goal attempt. Second was the Chiefs at like seventy something, low seventies. 
the Lions were in first with 66. It was like seven farthest in best. They only had 66 drives that did not end in a touchdown or a field goal attempt made or missed. Their offense hummed last year. And now when Jamison Williams comes back and Jameer Gibbs, I think this team has a lot of home run potential too. Yeah, I think the Lions offense is is good. I think it is as... Their only question marks are, does Jared Goff take a step back? Okay. I think he can be as good. I don't know that he takes a massive leap, but he's as good, I think. Does TJ Hawkinson leaving actually affect you in the long term? Because it didn't in the short term. I think they were actually... It made him better. Yeah, they were like 6-1 and without him or something crazy. They they had a great record um, without him. They finished the year 8-2, and like you said. So they yeah, were like so, six and one at one point or something, or one and six or something like that early in the year. They kept losing that yeah. they were up and they kept getting heartbreakers. The sixty-six yard field goal, the Vikings yeah. come back. They just could not get it done. Yeah. So literally, like they were a completely different team without them. In the positive, it does that transform into this year as well? Is a question mark. And did this team physically upgrade defensively? Did they defensively upgrade over last year? Because it so. feels like they did. Take it away if you're ready. Week one, Thursday, September 7th, the season opener at Kansas City. W. This this is – I don't want to overstate it. This is the biggest game for the Detroit Lions – that isn't a playoff game in my life. In my entire life, non-playoff games, this is the biggest Lions game ever. Could be. Fun fact. Do you know how many primetime games the Lions had last year? Zero. All one o'clock games. It was a fun stat. Zero. And they're going to kick off the season. It, it's a weird spot, but people like to throw this out there. Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes dueled. And Patty's rookie Williams. year yeah. in one of the greatest regular season games ever. It ended like 54 52, like an absolute barn burner. Um, Mahomes and the Chiefs are, are hanging the banner. Give me the Chiefs. Okay. It's going to be the Lions getting the dub here. Also, potentially no Chris Jones this game. We got to remember that. But I did want to bring this up. I was thinking about saving it for the Chiefs, but it makes a good point for when you said the Packers could up, uh, upset them. With their defense, the Kansas City Chiefs, Kadarius Toney, MVS, Sky Moore, Justin Watson, and Richie James. Those are their five wide receivers. Kadarius Toney just had knee surgery, too. So they think he'll be good, but. NFL experience. Total for those receivers, 17 seasons if you combine them all. Seasons with 60-plus receptions, zero. Seasons with 700-plus yards, zero. Seasons with seven or more receiving touchdowns, zero. And Travis Kelsey turns 34 in October. Just remember that, like, Patrick Mahomes, like, if he does throw for, like, 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns, like, clear MVP. But there's a lot of – outside of Travis Kelsey, there's the most unknown that they've ever had. So I just think the Lions coming out here, she – Give me the Lions, man. I like the Lions here. I, it's a big upset. I can't wait to to watch this game. Um, Andy, Andy Reid 
in week one in week one games in his career is like ninety something percent. Uh, it's basically Andy Reid after a bye, which is also like ninety something percent. Yeah. This feels like a no brainer with the best quarterback in the world. I'm taking the Chiefs. Not a bad pick, guys. Going Lions though. Uh, week two, they host the Seattle Seahawks. This was one of the games of the year last year. Uh, shout out Kyle Miller, friend of the like pod. He, he was at this game. Yeah. Uh, I really like the Seahawks. I do too. I think, and I think the Seahawks match up great with them. Matter of fact, the more and more I've, I've thought about the Seahawks, I think I undersold them in the breakdown. I like the Seahawks here. I just think this is two teams that had a banger that both improved their defenses a little bit. And they're all, I think both these teams are going to, it's the same thing. I think um, it's another banger, honestly. I do it's too. It's another banger. I like the Lions at home though. See where this is going. Um, week three. No, I'm not having them go 0-17. So no, no, no. I'm t- I was talking about me. I have them 2-0. You have them 0-2. Uh, week three, back-to-back home game. The Falcons come to town. I don't remember who I gave this one to, but this does feel like a Lions victory. I don't think the Falcons are as good as the, as the Lions. I think so, too. Um, week four, Thursday night at Green Bay. I gave this as a loss earlier. I'm going to keep it that way. Uh, I gave it as a Green Bay win. I will keep it that way. They are one and three. Okay. I have them three and one. After Green Bay, they have a long week, and then they host the Carolina Panthers. Way better than the Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. October 15th, they go down to Tampa. Beating Tampa. I think they're three better. Three. Back-to-back road spot, they then go from Tampa to Baltimore. That's a loss. Yeah, I like Baltimore a lot. Can't wait to talk about Baltimore. They then have a little bit of a long week where Monday night they host the Las Vegas Raiders on ESPN and beat the dog shit out of them. Interesting. Uh, feels like a win. I wouldn't say it's a beatdown. Oh, By a the beat. way, I, th- there is one thing I want to point out. We already started talking about the schedule. The Lions beat Green Bay in Week 18, the 17th game of the season, to take second place. That cost them a couple of games here. Because Could've. rather than playing a third-place schedule, they're playing a second-place schedule. Well... Yeah, it meant that uh, that they play the Ravens instead yeah. of the Steelers. I believe it's I, a difference. I think the I think the Ravens no, no, today I are do. a hair better too. than the Steelers. Okay, I do too. I'm just looking at. I'm trying to figure out which games those were that like, that it meant. Um, they don't play the whole NFC East, but instead of the Giants, they get the Cowboys. That's a, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll just keep talking about their schedule, well, but okay. I just wanted to point it out just because, like, was, the other one's Seattle. They get Seattle instead of the Rams. Like, all three of those I would have rather have the Rams. You've already given yeah. it two losses to where if it was Rams or Steelers, you may have given them wins. So, yes. to your point. Yes. They then have a bye week, week nine, right in the middle of the schedule, right in the meat of it. They come out of the bye week and they play at the Los Angeles Chargers for another game that may have a lot of points. I like yeah, them I like, out of the bye week. Like, I like the Chargers there. Okay. They then host the Chicago Bears. I believe I had them sweeping the Bears. But I'm going to give them a win at home for sure. I have them splitting with the Bears. So for at home, I'm going to give them the win here. Okay. 
Then Thursday night, or not night, but Thursday, Thanksgiving, 1230, they host the Packers. We had them splitting, so this is their win against the Packers. Yep. They then have a two-game road trip. They're at the Saints and then at the Bears. At the Saints is a – that is a great game. Love that game. Tough environment. I'm going to give it to the Lions. And I have, them, the I have them splitting with the Bears, so I have them going one and one there. Giving it to the uh, – I'm going to have them lose to the Saints but beat the Bears. So we're both going one and one. What's your record right now? I am seven and six. Okay. Where are then, you? Um, I I don't remember if I made a tally because I only tally wins. But right now I have them at nine wins. I have them losing to Green Bay. I have them losing to Baltimore and the Saints. So I should be at nine and three. So I'm missing one. I'll fix it at the end after we after You're I good. Come in. You're good. Um, they then their last four games, tough games. December seventeenth, they host the Denver Broncos. I like the Broncos. I like the Lions. They then have back-to-back road games, December 24th at the Vikings, December 30th at the Cowboys. Back-to-back losses. We're going to go one and one in that. I, oh, no, back-to-back losses, I think, probably. Yeah. And then they finish the season hosting the Vikings, where I think they win. So I have... Yeah, I have them splitting with the Vikings, so I have them at 8 and 9. Here's the thing. There were a lot of games I gave them wins that they could easily lose, and there were a lot of games I gave them losses where they could easily win. This is a very hard team to predict. This is one of the reasons I've been trying to pump the brakes on people. What you have, Mom? 8 and 9. So one thing that you did that I noticed – and it's typically not something that you do. And I'm going to pull I don't have the, I didn't have the schedule pulled up because I always listen to you, but I want to pull it up real quick. All right. So you took them to beat the Chiefs. Would you agree that Patrick Mahomes is better? Yes. Okay. Uh, you took them to beat Seattle. No, you have the Ravens winning. So that, okay, that was right. You took them to beat the Chargers. Don't you think Herbert's better? I do, but I, I just think that the – I just – off the bye week, I think, is a big advantage. That's and fair. Well, That's also, fair. I, I saw a stat that the Chargers in the last three years have set a franchise record for most points scored in a, in in a three-year stretch. They also set a franchise record for most points allowed in a three-year stretch. So this defense seems to have leaky oil. The last two seasons each, this was a nugget for AFC West, but here we are. The Chargers, the last two years, have allowed the most yards per rush in the NFL. With David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, and what I think the Lions to have a top three, maybe top five definitively offensive line. Joey Bosa can't stay healthy. I just think that this team will be able to run. They'll be refreshed. They'll be able to pass. I, I just, I like the Lions off the bye. But I do, I would take Herbert over golf. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you gave the Saints the win, I think. I didn't, I did. but I do agree. I do think Card's better than him. Uh, Russell Wilson. I'm excited to talk about the Broncos. Don't go too much in the Broncos, but we both had Russell Wilson above Jared Goff, and you took the Lions there too. And then I don't remember if you had Dak above Goff or not. Or either way, I got him la- losing. 
Oh, you did have him lose. Okay. Yeah. It's just so, like that was just an interesting nugget I took from you. I'm like, man, he's got a lot of these top tier quarterbacks losing to the Lions. So the two quarterbacks are the Chargers, but it's off a of bye, and Denver, but it's at home. And I think Denver has a good secondary, but I think their front seven might have some issues. I'm not a huge believer in their defense. I think their offense will be much improved. But again, I'm staking a lot on the Lions having a massively improved defense. Like, again, they were 30. Yeah. They were like what I have them, or not what I had them, but they were 30th and 29th. I think if they can get those numbers to 17, 16, I don't see their offense falling off. And I just think, they finished eight and two. If they were to go earlier, like eight and two, that's 10 games in their first seven. If they were to go like three and four instead of one and six, this team's an 11 win team. Like I just think early they were figuring a lot out coming off hard knocks, which hey, is not what, always a great what thing. What if instead of finishing eight and two, they would have only won six? Well, I, I guess flip it the other way. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. You could. I just think this team's improved another year with the head coach and quarterback. And I just, I really like the Lions here. I did not think I'd have them at 12 wins. I think that's absolutely their ceiling is what I have them at. But I do think this is a 10 win, 11 win team. I think they could win 12. Um, I think nine I, and eight's their floor. I don't think they'll have a losing record. Yeah, I, I think I want to put them at nine and eight. I know I gave them eight and nine. I think they're better than the Lions, the Bears. But I and I have the Bears at nine and eight, which I feel pretty decent about. And I think the Lions are right there at nine and eight as well. So if I if I could, I don't know what game, but I feel like they're a nine and eight football team, maybe ten win team. Their odds to win the division are plus one fifty five. Um, what do you think their over under is? Nine and a half. It is nine and a half. That's where it's at. It feels- yeah, it feels like it. So Bears seven and a half, Packers seven and a half, Lions nine and a half. Yeah. Vikings. All right. Oh, am I ready to talk about the Vikings? We ready? Sell the team. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the first place Minnesota Vikings. Um 13 and 4 last year, 4 and 2 in division. Unfortunately, they lost a heartbreaking playoff game to the Giants. Kind of a uh, a really weird spot honestly in which on the final down Kirk Cousins threw the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, is what it is. They do go out and I it's not often we 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 note offensive and defensive coordinators, but when they're that good, I feel like we need to note it. They went out and got Brian Flores from the Steelers, obviously former Miami Dolphins head coach. He was a Patriot for a long time. I think Brian Flores is one of the top five defensive minds in all of football. He's top notch. Uh, so I did want to note that here. Ads. Uh, Marcus Davenport, linebacker, coming over. A couple of corners, John Reed and Joe Juwan Williams. Joe Juwan Williams, I'm a Patriot fan. He was not a great player. He is big, tall, and lengthy. But he didn't really see the field too much. I'm not sure how much of an ad that is. Uh, in the draft, they got a top-tier wide receiver, one of the, the former Blitzikoff Award winner, Jordan Addison. Their losses, though, uh, three kids that have been around for a long time, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Eric Kendricks. A lot of Vikings fans are shedding tears right now because these three have been around for a very long time. They've been Vikings for seven, eight years. Uh, 
Any ads, losses you want to add here? Um, for losses, uh, they did lose tight end Irvin Smith, but uh, remember they did pick up TJ Hawkinson through trade yeah, last year. Do you have where Irv Smith went off the top of your head or no? I don't off the top of my head, but I can get it. I'm looking it up if you, you okay. can keep going. Um, I do see on their departures, they lost four Ooh. cornerbacks. Bengals. Bengals, Nice yep. fit. Nice fit. So, they lost four corners, including Patrick Peterson. They lost linebacker Eric Kendricks. Let's not forget they also lost linebacker Zadarius Smith. So, um, or he was a Viking last year, yeah? Or was he a Raven? He was... No, he was a Viking last year. That's what I thought. Or did, he... or did they? Wait, it's he no, was it's a Viking. He was a Viking. Was he? I'm looking yeah, he wasn't like he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. They lose a Darius Smith as he well. Had ten, so he had ten sacks too. They lose a great edge rusher, middle linebacker, and corner. So I understand that they have. Um, they they added Byron Murphy though at corner, who is one of the top slot corners in the game. Him and Mike Hilton and uh, Maddox from the Eagles are the first three that come to my name, uh, my mind. Um, disrespect for Jonathan Jones right now. That's fine. Isn't he an outside corner? No, he's a slot corner. Is he the one in court right now, though? No, that's Jack Jones. There's a million Jones on the bench. Yeah, gosh. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, Patriots breakdown preview. Um, <laughs> so, um, but uh, they lose to Darius Smith, but add Marcus Davenport. They still have Harrison Smith. Um, so, in terms of ads and losses, team's just going to look a little different. Um, Harrison Smith is still the the guy on that defense. Um. The Vikings, I just don't know, man. I look at um, Kirk Cousins um, on a contract year again. So, you know, he's going to want to play. But, you know, if things start to go bad, do the Vikings start to think about other plans outside of Kirk? Um, they were 11-0 and in one-score games last season and then lost right when they got in the playoffs. So they were super lucky. Um, this team can pass for dates. Jordan Addison, Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, TJ Hawkinson. Sure. But last year they were they were um 27th in rushing on offense. And oh, they lost Delvin Cook. He had over a hundred yards twice. He only had over a hundred yards twice. So it's not like he was just like carrying but but he, he did lead their team in rushing in 14 games. So think about their losing. I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, I like this. Uh, what's his name? Alexander Madison. You know, he's he's come in. Come on. You drafting him in the fourth round of your fantasy draft? I don't think so. You're taking Delvin Cook there, though. So I do think, um, honestly, even with the addition of um, Brian Flores, I don't like this defense very much. Marcus Davenport, Daniil Hunter. I just think this team's going to allow a lot of points. I don't think they're going to be lucky as as they were in one-score games, but I think this team is just going to have fantasy lineups all over the place. Kirk Cousins, Josh Jefferson, Addison, Osborne, Hawkinson, whenever you take them, all of them will be good. This will be a team that you'll want to see in primetime. This is a team you're going to want to have on that second TV because it's going to be shootouts. But if there was a team off the top of my head that I think is – potentially going to regress the most amount of wins. I think the Vikings is in this category for me. I don't think you, you can win games. I think on a great passing game, 
but I don't think they do anything else well. They don't run the ball well. They don't defend the run well. They don't defend the pass well. In defense, they were 20th against the rush and 31st against the pass. They lost Patrick Peterson, who, if you remember, he he sealed the game on a pick against the Bills in overtime. Or, you know, he, he did all this. There's a reason why the Steelers went out and picked up a guy like that. I just, Harrison Smith, I mean, he does good things, but, you know, he's a big hitter. He's not like a 100% coverage guy, and he's getting older. So I just think this team is an A-plus at passing game. But they're like C across the board everywhere else, and everyone – you know, Kevin O'Connell, first time head coach last coordinator, and they, you know, they won those one score games. But if that eleven and zero in one score games goes to a realistic six and five, maybe even seven and four, this team's not a playoff team. Like they need all that to go right. I don't think it does again. And there's a lot of teams in the NFC. You think of like the Falcons or the Lions or the Bears in their division, even that we think are all improving. The, the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Eagles, the Rams, the Seahawks, these teams all still exist. Sorry if I missed the Saints, we think are going to be better. So I just think in the NFC that, you know, is the weaker conference, but on the rise, I think the Vikings are one team where you can look at and say, man, I think they missed their window with Kirk Cousins. Um, I don't know if this team is going to be in play for, you know, Drake or um, – Caleb Williams I'm not saying they're going to be that bad but you know there's a few teams that Jeff just had at like eight and nine or nine and eight and that's where I potentially see this Vikings team we'll see when we go through the schedule shortly but that's 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 my thoughts on the Vikings yeah hit it going to schedule schedule it up by the way Pirates just sealed that dub against the Padres three two let's go all right Week one in Minnesota, they host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What time is the game? One o'clock, CBS. Tickets as low as $56. Get them while they're hot. Give me the Vikings. I don't know, man. You're kidding me. No, I'm, I'm not kidding you. That defensive line is going to eat up the O-line. We're going to totally differ on this. No, no, no. I'm giving it to the Vikings. It's just like Holy I said. I feel, like, I feel like I did a disservice to the Buccaneers when we did their vision breakdown. Anyway, I week two. I don't two, think you did. I think they're going to be pretty bad. Week two, Thursday night at Philly. Yeah, Thursday night or uh, last year at Philly did not go well. The Vikings are going to want to redeem themselves. Unfortunately, it's not a great spot. I still like Philly in the spot. They're one and one. They then host the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, this is going to sound really weird because these teams are very similar. They're going to like to throw the ball. They don't have a ton to offer on defense. The running games are almost pass heavy because of how much they throw it. Fun game to watch. Can't wait. What time is the game? One o'clock, Fox. You already told me the winner. Give me the Vikings. Give me the Vikings. Week four at the Carolina Panthers. (laughs) Give me the Vikings. I like the Vikings there too. Week five, they host the Kansas City Chiefs. 425 CBS. Mm. Mm. Tough spot. I like that. I do like the Vikings here though. Vikings, huh? Yeah, I like the Vikings in that spot. Week six at Chicago. One o'clock Fox. 
Yeah, I have them splitting with Chicago. This one's at Chicago. I'll give them. I'll give Chicago the win there. Then they're Monday night hosting the 49ers. Ooh. No, Niners. They follow at 49ers, a physical defense that can beat you up. By the way, um, the Vikings were sacked 47 times for Kirk Cousins. If you watch the quarterback on Netflix, Kirk Cousins was fighting rib injuries all year. Um, they face a tough Chicago or tough San Francisco defense on Monday night. Short week, they go to Lambeau at 1 o'clock. I'm going to have them lose at Lambeau week eight as well. So here's here's where things get funny. I didn't give the Packers the win there. But it's interesting seeing this side. There's a wild stat out there. The Niners last year. Teams were like op- 1 in 17 or something. Like their that. opponents were something like 1 in 16, 2 in 15. It- after we, they played the Niners, they lost again. We can talk about the defense beating them up. That offense likes to run over your mouth, too. Kittle, Juszczyk, Debo, Te- Teams basically took the extra day to recover, and it lost practice time out of it. I actually and like the is- Packers, so I'm switching. I'm giving – I'm going to come over here. I'm going to give the Packers their sixth win, okay? I'm going to – Instead, ju- that feels more of a Packers win after we just talked about this. So I will give the Packers the win there. I have the Vikings at four and four. Okay. They then, after at Packers, back-to-back road spot, go all the way down to Atlanta. Oh, boy. Uh, I do. Road spot. I like Atlanta. I think I have the Vikings dropping three in a row here. Do I not? You have three in a row. Well, did you have them losing at the Bears? Yeah. Yeah, so you have them losing Bears, 49ers, Green Bay, 1,000% beating the Falcons then. See, I have it as a five-game skid. I have it Chiefs at Bears, 49ers at Green Bay at Atlanta. Back-to-back road spot. Sorry about it. Like- they host the New Orleans Saints. I'll give them a win there. What time is the game? 1 o'clock box. Yeah, I like, uh, like Kirk. Then it is 8:20 Sunday night at the Denver Broncos. PS2 versus Justin Jefferson on Sunday night. Give me that. Love it. I'll take the Broncos, though. They follow that up by hosting Chicago, but Monday night, 8-15. They are hosting them. I gave them the split. I actually like them to win They're going to win in primetime here. I like that, too. Yeah. They're not going to win a ton of primetime, but that'll be one. They then hit their week 13 bye week. Perfect for them. They come out of it and play at Las Vegas. They're going to beat Vegas after that bye. They're going to really need this because they're damn near over just over 500. Back-to-back road spot. They then go to the Bengals. Time to be determined. If they're a playoff contender, could be flexed to prime time, I'm assuming. Yeah, I like the Bengals in the next spot. Then December 24th, they host the Detroit Lions. Loss. Is this the first time they've played them? Yeah, they go Lions, Packers, Lions to finish the season. Okay, I'm going to give – where's the first one at? They host Detroit, 1 o'clock. I'm going to give them the win there. I will too. Then they host Green Bay Sunday night, 820. They got to beat Green Bay after losing to them. They're now 10 and 6. 
I like Green Bay. And then they're at Detroit. I have them losing to at Detroit. As I, well. I have them losing a must win for Detroit. And that gets them to 10 and 7. I have the Bears at 9 and 8. I have the Packers at 6 and 11. And the Lions at, I basically said I wanted them at 9 and 8. So that's one of the reasons I'm not as high on the Lions. People are getting crazy. I really like the Vikings, especially with Addison over Thielen now. They're going to pass it on a lot of people. And Hawkinson in a full year. Your division, you have Vikings 10 and 7. Yep. Bears 9 and 8 in second. Lions eight and nine and third, but I want to now make it nine and eight. So you have Packers and Lions both at nine and eight. Yes. No, I have the Bears and Lions at nine and eight, and I moved the Lions or the Packers up to six wins. Okay. So I need to change the Lions and mine for you to nine and eight. Yes, Lions should be nine and eight. Bears should be nine and eight. Vikings should be ten and seven, and then. The Packers, I gave them that extra win there at six and eleven. So mine in order has Lions eleven and six, Packers ten and seven, Bears eight and nine, Vikings seven and ten. You're being hard on the Vikings. I am being hard on the Vikings. You're being I think you're being too hard. I might be here here's the thing. They won thirteen games last year. You think they're regressing six? Yeah. Man, you're being tough. I am being tough. I don't know, Brad. You think the right now you think the Packers are better than the Vikings? I do. I think I couldn't wait to talk about this division because I think it's really close. I think the Vikings are better than the Packers at quarterback and receivers and tight end. I think the um I think the Packers are better than the Vikings at O line, running back, D line linebackers secondary overall defense running backs and o-line i'm taking the packers but i i think the vikings like i said a plus pass attack i think they're going to be fun to watch and they can win some games from it but i just think they're so weak everywhere else i just don't i just don't like it i don't think they have nearly enough guys on defense i think they're going to allow too many points and again i just think they regress i mean they were 13-4. and four. Maybe they're still going to win nine or ten games. But I don't like how the last three seasons, Kirk Cousins has been in the top three most sacked, like, almost each year. He's wearing those big rib protectors. And I don't know. They're Justin Jefferson tweaked ankle away from being a six-win team. Yeah. They're a Justin Jefferson's tweaked, like, sprained ankle or knee injury away from being a six-win team. Now, they do have Justin Jefferson, and he's – respected as the best receiver in the league i just don't trust him this is just me kirk threw a lot of picks last year kind of uncharacteristically um had kind of a low in touchdowns over the last couple of years but this guy is four thousand yards 30 touchdowns and 10 picks at at 65 or damn near say almost 70 percent because that's almost his career average is just about 67 uh he's just he's a walking bucket as a lot of people would like to call it in basketball he's just gonna get you the stats man and if it, the game's at one o'clock he's gonna win a lot of those um i, I like him at that 10 wins. i just I'm, I'm looking at their schedule and like so their wins last year they beat green bay then they beat detroit by four in a close game they beat new orleans when they didn't 
They didn't have a quarterback. They beat Chicago, who were the number one pick last year. Then they went and beat Miami with no Tua. Then they played the Cardinals. Then they played Washington. They beat Buffalo on that fumbled snap at the goal line. Justin Jefferson, fourth and 18, unreal. Then they get beat by 37 by Dallas. They squeak out a seven-point win on Thursday night hosting New England. Then they beat the Jets, who have no quarterback. Then they beat the, the Colts in overtime in the biggest comeback in NFL history. Then they beat the New York Jets, who are like, or Giants, but Giants got them back again in postseason. And then they, they lose to Green Bay, and then they beat, again, Chicago with the number one overall pick. I just think they got extremely lucky last year. 13-4 and four is not what this team is. I think they tremendously overachieved. I think this team, I, I don't know if I can say I, I believe they'll hit double-digit wins. I think they, they could be like 9-8. and eight. Maybe I'm being overly too hard. But you have them at 10-7. and seven. I think that's their ceiling. I think that's the best this team could do this year is 10 and seven. And I, so that's funny. I think I have them at their floor seven and 10. And I think you have them at their ceiling. It's 10 and seven. And funny enough, right in the middle, they're over under by Vegas is set at eight and a half. By the way, the Vikings eight and a half and their odds are plus 260, meaning the lions have the highest over under and the, the, um, the, they're the favorites at plus 155 to win the division. See them. Vegas has the Vikings at eight and a half. Yeah, so they have the Bears at seven and a half plus four hundred. Packers at seven and a half plus three forty. The Vikings at eight and a half plus two sixty, I think it was. Yep, plus two sixty. And the Lions at nine and a half plus one fifty five. So even Vegas has the Vikings taking a massive step back. They have the Vikings at eight and a half over under. So they're saying this team could win seven to nine games is where they have them. Yeah. But again, so Facebook poll. You ready for these? Yeah, let me get to my page because I keep track of the Facebook poll. Okay. How many votes? Uh, seventeen total votes. Which yeah. is kind of kind of nice. We only put in oh two hours ago. We kind of lacked. Yeah, on I, that. I, I put Congrats it in you, right after I got off the phone with you. I think we were on speaker and I was putting it in. Yeah, that was clutch. So, who do, do you know who that number one is or no? I didn't look at. I don't have any idea what. Okay, with zero. West, oh, I was gonna ask if every team got a vote, but with zero. Who do you think got zero? Bears. Packers. Ain't no. So the Bears got zero too. One. We got Bears fans. We got Bears fans in the real talk. Uh, <laughs> it's your dad. My dad? Your dad picked the Bears. Yeah, I'm not laughing at him, though, because I think the Bears could win the division. I'm laughing because I think it's funny that it was your dad after you said we got Bears fans. Um, with seven Vikings. And I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the people that picked the Vikings. There's some educated people in here, okay? Some smart football fans. <laughs> then we have Wait, the Lions with... I did not vote. Okay, I didn't either. I didn't either. I never vote. I don't either. Good, good. Uh, the Lions, nine. And I'm looking at these people, not so educated. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm just kidding if you're listening. Give it I'm to me. Kidding. Worst to best or best to worst, you tell me before you answer. Rate, rank the division top to bottom, head coach, quarterback. The worst one is the Packers. Interesting. 
That's the worst one. Third place. Though I am interested to see if the head coach makes more of an impact on the team this year after winning just three games. I'm going to give it to the Bears. Because it's Eberflus, right? That's his name. Eberflus and Fields, your last two are Campbell Goff and O'Connell Cousins. Yeah, I like O'Connell. I think that while no head coach in this division is proven, I don't think any of them are proven. I'll take O'Connell and Cousins because of how good I think Kirk Cousins is. Jared Goff is a poor man's Kirk Cousins, in my opinion. That's not a diss. I think that's at his at Jared Goff's best. He's Kirk Cousins. Uh, I have Cousins and in, in Campbell second. Not sorry. I have Golf and Campbell second. I'll take Cousins and O'Connell. I think O'Connell was great in his first year, and that's one of the reasons why losing the playoff game, he deserves to take a kick in the nuts in, in Vegas, but the eight and a half is disrespectful. Okay. Um, so we did a little flip-flop twice. My number one is Campbell Golf. Um, I think Golf will pass Kirk Cousins in the rankings after this year. I should have went back to my quarterback rankings because uh, I just – I like Goff. Uh, two O'Connell cousins, but I believe they're the top two. And then at three, I have Eber or uh, Lafleur and Love. Um, again, the quarterback's not proven, but the head coach has one. I know he's had Aaron Rodgers, but he's won games. And then with Fields and Eberflus, Eberflus is three and fourteen. Fields is five and twenty. Although I do think this team's going to be better. We just talked about all of them. Currently, I'm going to have them at four. That's fair. But I believe there's the top two and the bottom two. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. However you have them, those have got to be the top two and bottom two. I agree. All right. Anything else? No, man. NFC North. Exciting times. Uh, There are a few people I know that listen to these that are Vikings fans and like to take this time to apologize that I, I don't have the team being very good. You should uh, apologize. But some teams got to take a step back. Maybe I went too hard, but sorry about it. I'm not saying this offense is the 07 Patriots, but I think the Vikings are going to be scoring some damn points. Also, though, the AFC is coming up here soon. We have completed it. I don't want to say the worst conference because there's only two, but it's not the AFC. We're excited to talk about the AFC. It is also home to both of our favorite teams. Obviously, those two divisions will be last. We're kicking things off with the AFC South. Whether that comes next week, the week after, we're not quite sure. We got some scheduling conflicts. It is coming to the end of summer. We do have lives. Uh, We do love talking football, but we also love our families. Um, Yeah, that's a wrap on the NFC. Can't wait. Uh, bold predictions coming soon after as well. Football is almost here. It's literally in a week like we talked about. Anything else before we go, Brad? No, man. Uh, NFC North, uh, I know it's the fourth division that we've done, but I know a lot of fans in this division, Lions, Bears, Vikings, Packers. Gosh, it's going to be fun because we could be totally wrong. We could be totally right. But we do have all these teams within four wins of each other at the end of the year. You have the worst team at six, the best team at 10. I have the worst team at seven, the best team at 11. So we both think this entire division is four games, and you play six in division games. So the division games are really going to matter here. It's going to be an exciting one to see play out. Two no's and notes I just want to throw in here right before we leave. 
uh, Aaron Rodgers signed a new restructured contract. Um, he had what is reported as nearly 110 million guaranteed on his old deal that was ripped up, and he signed a two-year 75 million. So he takes a pay cut Big to one. play for the, a massive one to pay, pay eh, to play. When for did the he Jets. change that? When did he change what? That contract. When did he edit that? An hour ago. Okay, yeah, Delvin Cook's a big jet then. Wow. Yeah, Delvin maybe. Cook's going to be a jet. They don't want to rush back Brees Hall. Delvin Cook wants to win. Delvin Cook's going to be a jet. That's a nasty backfield, too, once he comes back. Delvin Cook, Brees, you know. And then, for those of you Big Ten fans or just football nerds, Purdue wide receiver Milton Wright, who is widely considered uh, kind of a sleeper, was projected to maybe go in the supplemental draft. He did not. It's been a name that Scheffler and, and Rapport have been talking about. He signs with the Chargers. So uh, a potential undrafted free agent star on a, on a late-round team, especially a passing team. So anything else? Well, that should be it for me. All right, guys. We're out. Real talk.